The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back as we uh, join together on this Thursday morning. Again, we ask you to continue in prayer. We have two more nights of VBS uh, Mega Sports Camp here at Grace, and I hope that uh, you'll continue to pray with us as we look forward to what the Bible talks about, fruit that remains, that we can invest into the kids and maybe into the families, and God would use this as an opportunity to grow His kingdom and, and even His church. But we give it to Him. We thank Him for the opportunity to serve Him. I'm grateful for the many uh, volunteers from our church. We have well over 50 volunteers that are here pretty consistently coming, serving in multiple aspects of this, and I just, I really appreciate a church that just wants to come and serve and is very faithful, and uh, so it's been a great week, and uh, I know they're going to be tired, so keep praying for them. We're together again in Matthew chapter 9 as we look through the life of Christ through Matthew's gospel, and we're in Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to jump on to a story. This story is a little more well-known when you look into Mark and Luke, so I'll give you some of the differences. you get a better understanding of the story, but I just, again, want to look at this story from kind of four aspects, and what, what we see here and this story is intriguing to me um, because this is one of the things that is one of the foundational forefront, foundational truths of Christianity, and that is the forgiveness of God. That is his power to forgive, the freedom that comes from forgiveness, the liberty we get when we enjoy forgiveness, and how we need to embrace that forgiveness. Um, one of the biggest battles that people run to when they come to religion is they feel like they, they, don't, they haven't earned God's love or they've not done enough. Or the comments they get like, if you knew my past, you understand why I don't come to church. And unfortunately, I think that if we're not careful, we can bring it across. Only people who've got it figured out come to church. And can I tell you, that is not at all the way it should be. Uh, frankly, we've not got it figured out. We are all on a journey. And while some have been on the journey longer, some were born into a home that was on this journey. And so we feel like we understand it a little better. May we never get to the point we've got it figured out because Jesus makes it, you know, Isaiah makes it clear that his ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. Now, if that's true, then I can never figure it out. I should be constantly striving to get to understand the thinking of Almighty God. So let's look at these passages and just see some great principles from it. Matthew chapter 9, beginning verse 1. So he says, He got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. And behold, they brought him a paralytic, uh, paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. Now let me tell you, just, there's like a couple things right in these couple verses that grab my attention that I hope you get. One, we, we just see the condition of mankind. So he comes over, and the moment he gets to his own city, he's brought with a paralytic man, a man who has um, been paralyzed. He cannot move, and generally speaking, in that case, he'd be in some kind of bed that had to be carried. It's different than today, where we have wheelchairs, or we have electric wheelchairs, and there's a way to do it. If someone was paralytic, they had absolutely no ability to take care of themselves. Sometimes, if they could, they'd be carried put outside the temple or somewhere where they could beg, and then they were carried back anywhere they went, they had to be carried. Just imagine, one, the life of the paralytic, two, somebody's always got to take care of them. So we can see, and it's a great picture, his paralytic nature is a great picture of what sin does to us. 
how it just con consumes us. It consumes us, the people around us, and things of that nature. So they see they're our friends. Now, the reason I say the story is a little more familiar in Luke and Mark is this is a story where Jesus is teaching in a house, and they try to bring this man to Jesus, and they can't because there's too many people in the house and outside the house. So they climb on the top of it, they cut away the roof, and they drop this man in front of Jesus. So you see that there's a lot, you know, you can see a lot more about the work, the effort that went for these four friends, at least four friends, to bring him to Jesus. And so you see his condition, but then you see that, catch this, um, they, the phrase in verse 2, they brought him, to him a paralytic man. This man could not bring himself Someone needed to bring him. We could spend a long time talking about the responsibility in that thought that goes to us as Christians and goes to the church. We bringing people to Jesus. That is the premise. Nathaniel was told when he says, can any good thing, you know, can this really be the man? He was told, come and see. This is what we see throughout scripture, that it becomes the obligation and responsibility of those of us who've already called on Jesus, who understand that truth to be bringing people to Jesus. See them in their need, paralyzed by fear, paralyzed by the pain of the world, paralyzed by their sin, and that Jesus is the answer and we need to bring them to that point. So, then it says, when Jesus saw their faith, I love this. So you see the condition of the man. You see the, uh, the love of the people. They brought him, and the catch is Jesus saw their faith, the faith of the people who brought him. Here's what he said. Then he said to the paralytic, to the paralyzed man, son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Did you catch this? The faith of these at least four people, because it would have probably taken four to carry him. That's what we're assuming. But the faith of his friends came to the point where this man found forgiveness and healing. I mean, you could just, what a, what a powerful truth of the impact that we can have in the lives of people. So you see, you know, you see his condition, the love of other people. But we see the power of Almighty God. He says, son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And at once... Some of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemies. Catch, he said within themselves, he thought this phrase. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, verse 5, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say arise and walk, but that you may say that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. So there's this argument. One of the men critically is thinking in his mind, Oh my goodness, who does he think this guy is? Now he's forgiving sins? Only God can do that. And Jesus immediately, by the way, Jesus knew this was going to happen. He was using this. He planned this. This man says it. He gives an opportunity to explain again to the people who he is. And then he says, is it easier to forgive sins or to heal? And then he heals him immediately. And you see this power. This man had been given spiritual forgiveness and power. This man had been given physical healing. He was brought by friends and his life was changed forever. What a powerful truth. But it also says, when I do, when someone's trying to bring you to Jesus, tell you about Jesus, invite you to church. They are doing one of the most loving things they can do for you, introducing you to someone who can absolutely change your life, can bring healing into your life. And so I encourage you to, now, obviously, as we see in this passage alone, not everybody liked it. Some criticized, but I want you to see the final verse we're going to look at that I think is important. After all it was done, these friends brought in, you see God's, you see the condition, you see the love of the men, you see the power of Jesus to heal, but then you see the awe of the world. 
In verse 8, now when the multitudes saw it, now all the people were watching, they marveled and glorified God who had given such power to men. They sat back. Now, so all this came down that these, this crowd that had come to see Jesus saw the entire event, saw the argument, but saw the ultimate power of God fulfilled. And really what you see is you see the awesomeness of God. And the world saw it. The world saw it through someone being healed. The world saw it through other people just being used the best they could, and it helped them to glorify God. So maybe God's going to use you through the struggle you go in. This man was paralyzed through your battle to bring glory to himself. God will use you in your strength or your weakness, whatever feeble way you can to try to bring friends to Jesus. God will be glorified in it, and other people will see that. That's what we want to do. We want to glorify God in everything we do. So if there's two principles that we could come to as we finish this, the one is that Jesus is the place you find healing. He's the place you find healing in your heart, in your soul. He's the one that finds healing. So may I encourage you to realize he's the one to turn to, whether you've never been saved and you're seeing this and you realize it's not religion, it's not church, although those are important things, it is a relationship with Jesus that you find healing. But then two, may we always be those looking for ways and opportunities to bring people to Jesus. Our church running VBS, money's going into it. A lot of people investing their own personal time into it. Why? To bring people to Jesus. May that be our goal. May that be our drive. And even when they're here, continue to let us love each other as a church family, to continue to show our love of Jesus to other people. May that be our heart to always resemble what Jesus was like in Scripture. Thanks again for joining us on this Thursday, giving uh, me an opportunity to be part of your day. Oh, I greatly appreciate it. Hope you're doing well. Again, keep praying for us as uh, two more nights of EBS, and we look forward to God just glorifying himself and growing his kingdom. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.